Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful for your loving kindness and your watchful eye. Lord, we know that there's nothing that goes on in our lives of which you are ignorant. In fact, Lord, you know every hair on our head, and we believe you know every cell in our bodies. And Lord, we're so thankful. We are so thankful that you are not only our creator, but you are also our sustainer. You are quite literally the one that holds us together. And so, Lord, as we prepare to end one year and step into another, we pray that we would do so with our eyes fixed on Jesus more soundly than ever before. Help us, Lord, to grow, to become the people that you have made us to be and that through Christ you have redeemed us to be. We pray as we turn to your word that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds to make us more like Jesus. For it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. So it's New Year's. And you know what that means. That means that everywhere you look, there are businesses that are selling plans to help us get better. And you go around, you, you know that, that gyms right now are selling memberships. And did you know they will give you a deal if you go ahead and pay for the full year now? And do you know why they're going to give you a deal if you go ahead and pay for the full year now? Because if you stop showing up next week, they still get money. And I don't know if paying a gym makes you more healthy, but it's one way to think about it. As you walk into stores, you see health food more prominently displayed. How many of you noticed that? I walked into Sam's Club the other day, and what was formerly nothing but cakes and pastries and pies and cookies and goodies is now protein shakes. Nothing but protein shakes all throughout that particularly emphasized area of the store. Big box stores are selling things like calendars and totes and planners because we want to value our mental health as much as we value our physical health. We want to make sure that our lives are decluttered and organized and everything is good. And we, we de-Christmasized our house yesterday. And I love Christmas decorations, but I also love when the Christmas decorations are put up and you can actually walk through the living room without having to skirt around a tree. I mean, those are happy times in my life because I want to value my mental and emotional health. Car washes are selling reduced plans for the entire year. You can go buy a plan so that you can wash your car as many times as you want because we want to value our investments and our vehicles are pretty significant investments. Bookstores are selling books on how to have better relationships. And even if you're not going to the bookstore, you can open up your social media feed and you can read articles and even memes about how you can be more intentionally relational in 2024 because we want to value our relational health. And then version has got a lot of people signing up for new Bible reading plans because as much as we want to value all these other things, we want to value our spiritual health. And, and we've been told week after week, kind of ad nauseum by our preacher, that there's nothing we could do to grow in our faith more effectively than to read the Word of God every single day. So there, there are a lot of people who are, I think, wisely capitalizing on the start of a new year. Because at the start of a new year, what do we do? We look at our lives and we say, this is the sort of person I want to be. 
in 2024. And this is the sort of life I want to live in 2024. And we realize it's not just going to happen by magic. We're going to have to put some effort into it. Well, you know and I know that although tomorrow is January 1, by the time February 1 rolls around, the stores will go back to not selling as much health food, or at least not featuring it as prominently. And you know and I know that the gyms will be less crowded by the time February 1 rolls around. And, and you know and I know that although we have the car wash plan, we don't make it across town as much because, well, there's just there's traffic and there's other things to do. And although we started the book on how to have better relationships, it's just really tough to find the time to invest in those relationships. And, and we started reading the Bible, but then we got to Leviticus. And it's hard. That's where everybody stops, by the way. So if you can power through Leviticus, you, you are well on your way to covering the whole thing. Why is it that what we start so earnestly on January 1st, by the time February 1st rolls around, we're not as deeply invested? Well, it's because we're humans. And human beings are frail. I'm frail, you're frail, we're frail together. And we know the sort of life we want to live, but we... We don't necessarily commit ourselves to taking the steps repeatedly that we have to take to live that sort of life. Well, I wanna encourage us, as 2024 begins, I wanna encourage us to be intentional about our lives. I heard, a, I heard a quote many years ago, I can't even remember who said it, but just know that it wasn't me. And that is this, that nobody drifts into excellence. And in the same way, nobody drifts into Christ-likeness. you got to be intentional. And did you know that God calls us to be intentional about the way that we live our lives? Now, we're going to talk today about our spiritual lives in Jesus Christ, but remember, our spiritual lives in Jesus Christ aren't just some aspect of who we are. No, our spiritual lives in Jesus Christ are the foundation upon which everything else is built. I think the most helpful analogy for me is this. When I was a kid going through the cafeteria line at school, the lunchroom, they would hand me a tray, and the tray had all sorts of little partitions. You had your main entree, you had your primary side, you had your secondary vegetable, you had your place for the milk, and the smallest little sliver was for my favorite part, dessert. And so you would come through and you would get your stuff and you would put it on and you would go pay and you would go eat. Well, for so long, I looked at my life like one of those trays, and faith was something on there. You know, at one point, it was the dessert, the smallest little sliver. Over time, it grew. It, it took up more of the space. But did you know that God is not calling us to have faith on our plate? No, our faith in Jesus Christ is the plate itself upon which everything else goes. My relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which I build my physical health and seek to steward the body that he has given me. My faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which I seek to build my mental health and seek to steward the life that he has entrusted to my care. My faith in Jesus Christ is the, is the foundation upon which I seek to build my financial health and the way that I steward the resources that he has entrusted to my care. My faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which I seek to build my relational health and the relationships that he's giving me to steward. My faith in Christ is the tray, and everything else is built upon it. 
So today I want us to hear from God's Word about what it means to be intentionally focused on Christ in all that we are, and to allow Jesus to really build the bedrock of our lives in every regard. So the theme for the message today, if you're taking notes, is this. When we decide to be intentional, our lives are transformed. Now, I didn't just make that up. This comes from Colossians chapter 3. So I want to invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. If you're in the room in the Red Pew Bible in front of you, that is page 984. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look all together at verses 1 through 17. We're going to hear God speak to us about how we should be intentional about our relationship with Christ and how that should shape everything else that we are and do. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Colossae, as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Our first point this morning is this. Be intentionally Christ-centered in your focus. Be intentionally Christ-centered in your focus. You know, there are people who will tell you that to be a Christian, that means you have to turn your mind off. Well, that's not true at all. The God who designed your brain that we are still incidentally trying to figure out, and we haven't gotten very far at all. The God who designed your brain cares very much about what you do with your mind. So if you've been raised with Christ, if you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's what you do with your mind. Set your mind on things that are above. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and I first memorized it in the New International Version 1984 translation, and it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As we run the race of our lives, God has called us to fix our focus on Jesus. I was running the other day. And you know, sometimes when you run, some of you are runners in this room, sometimes it just feels so good. You just have energy and you have stamina and it is like you can enjoy everything going on around you. The, the nice brisk air, it just feels, your legs feel good. Everything feels good. Well, this was not one of those runs, okay? This was one of those runs where I was having to positively self-talk my way into not quitting with just about every step. And so when I'm doing that, I have to focus on some point so that I can get there as a partial goal to ending because I always run far enough away from my truck that I have to come back to it. I don't run laps where I could stop after a certain lap. I go away and then have to come back to it. So I'm looking at a stoplight 
just a traffic light that's about a mile away. And I'm going, Jeff, you can do anything for a mile. You Come on, man, you can do anything for a mile. And there's cars passing by, and I'm like, you don't want them to see you stop. You don't want them to see you not finish what you set out to do. So what did I do? I fixed my focus on that traffic light and got there. And then once I got to the traffic light, I had to pick something else to focus on. Well, as we run the race of our lives, God tells us where our focus should be. It should be on Jesus. Our focus should be on Jesus, who incidentally ran his own race, and his own race led him to an old rugged cross on our behalf. And what did he do when it got hard? Well, he kept running. He took the next step. And the next step for him was up Golgotha's hill for us. And yet he went. And he endured the cross and he scorned the shame. And then afterward, having risen from the dead, having walked the earth for 40 days, he ascended into heaven where he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he did it for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? the removal of the distance between God the Son and God the Father, but also us, that we would be redeemed by what He did on that old rugged cross. You know, that song Nate just sang, His Eye is on the Sparrow, and Nate, you sang it so beautifully. And Chapel, you sang it so beautifully. Y'all are so incredibly talented. Thank you for that. My goodness. And Lisa, you played so beautifully. Thank you for that. And Bryson and Andrew, I mean, we just... God is so good to us. But that song that Nate sang has one of my favorite lines in it. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. How many of y'all have ever had that experience in your life? God's leading you on your race, and you can't see but one step to take. Well, what do you do? You take it with your eyes fixed on Jesus. You intentionally set your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because you are now in Christ. And the Bible says about you, if you have repented of your sin and placed your saving faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who lives, but it is Christ who lives in you. And the life that you live in the body, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself up for you. That's Galatians 2.20. If you have repented of your sin and received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you are a new creation. The old you is gone. The new you has come. You have been made new. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you are in Christ, you have repented of your sin and received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then this is what is true about you. Christ is in you, and you are in Christ, and Christ is in God. I didn't make that up. That's John 14, 20. Jesus says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's why we should set our focus on Jesus, because that's who we are now. My faith is not the dessert portion of the lunch tray. My faith is the tray itself upon which everything else is built. I'm a new creation in Christ. 
And so I live differently. But in order to walk by that faith that God has given me, I have to choose to do that. I have to choose to intentionally set my mind on things that are above. So how do I do that? Well, number one, you intentionally make Christ your treasure. Let the world be crucified to you because you have been crucified to the world. Did you know that everything that the world can offer you is transient? It's fleeting. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Moth and rust destroy. How many of y'all have lived long enough to go through some of your formerly treasured possessions and you've seen what has happened to those formerly treasured possessions over time? Or just to be honest, how many of you have ever gone through the process of cleaning out your parents' home? What did you do? You called the trash company and had them bring a rollback dumpster and you put it in the driveway and you took their treasured possessions and you threw them away, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And you know, one day your kid's going to do that for you. Isn't that encouraging? Dad got a plaque. That's great. It'll bring a nickel at a yard sale. Just throw it away. So we treasure Christ. Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So treasure Christ and your heart will be with him. Your mind will be set on things that are above. And then practically... Here's some things that can help you. Read your Bible every day. Read it every day. There's more Bibles in print now than in the history of humanity, and you can even get it digitally for free. Read your Bible every day. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. We'll see that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Read the Word. God speaks to you through his word. And if you ever find yourself hungering to hear from God, read the word. He'll speak. I promise you he will speak. Even if you're following a a rigid reading plan with four passages that you don't even know what's coming, he'll speak to your heart. Uh, Intentionally pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing, and I don't think that's hyperbole. Here's what that means. Act like you've got God on the Bluetooth. How many of y'all have had the awkward moment of thinking somebody who was having a conversation in the middle of a store aisle was talking to you? But they weren't. They had a Star Trek device in their ear. And they were carrying on a conversation with somebody who wasn't you, but you thought it was you because there's nobody else around and surely they're not talking to themselves. And so you engage them and they look at you like you're crazy. And you feel a little crazy for just a moment. Because who are they talking to? Well, they've got somebody in their ear. Listen, just keep God on the Bluetooth constantly. You can keep an ongoing conversation. You do that with your eyes open, particularly if you're driving or walking, okay? And then there will be times you go into your prayer closet, that place where you get alone, where it's just you and God, and you pray. But keep the conversation going. And then pattern your life after Jesus. As you read the Word, you will learn WDJD, what did Jesus do? And when you know WDJD, you can better understand and and say WWJD, what would Jesus do in this situation? So that's how we do it. 
we set our mind, our focus on Jesus, recognize that we're not going to drift into Christ-likeness. We've got to intentionally pursue that, and the Word tells us how. Well, now look at verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Our second point, be intentionally Christ-centered in what you leave behind. This is so important because this is one of those sin lists, and they're all over the New Testament. They're sin lists, and God still means the sin list. You need to know that. He still means that. He hasn't changed his mind. So everything that's listed, he still means. But I think most of us, particularly who live in the Bible Belt, have thought of Christianity as a list of don'ts, and a couple of do's, but mostly don'ts. But we've got to start seeing our faith differently. It's not just about what I do and don't do. It's about who I am. And so what I do comes from who I am. Does that make sense? It's not that I do things to become who I want to be. It's that Christ has made me a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, as a child of God who is a new creation, the old me crucified with Christ, the new me raised to walk with Christ, now I live according to who I am. So I have to leave some things behind. I intentionally leave some things behind. What do I leave behind? All those things. And all the other things the New Testament lists, leave them behind. That's not who you are anymore. Well, what do I put on? Look at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Our third point, be intentionally Christ-centered in what you pursue. Be intentionally Christ-centered in what you pursue. Again, emanating from who I am. There are things that I leave behind, and there are things that I pursue. But I do so as one who has been given the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. And do you know what the Holy Spirit of God does? He produces fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So if I have received Christ, then I have received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwelling within me produces fruit that flows forth from me. 
It's not about what I don't do and do. It's about who I am. But because of who I am in Christ, there are some things I don't do anymore. And God dictates that list. And because of who I am in Christ, there are some things that I pursue. And God dictates that list. He just told me what it is. And in fact, he kind of gives us the bottom line. We've got a lot of coaches in here. A lot of, lot of achieve, high achievement among coaches in here. And you get your players to the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Well, here's the bottom line. Verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our fourth and final point is this. Be intentionally Christ-centered in everything. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So here's a checkup we can do. If after everything I say and do, I can say in Jesus' name, with integrity, that I'm living according to who I am in Christ. If not, I've still got some room to grow. If you're like the preacher, you've still got some room to grow. So let's grow in 2024. Let's become more like Jesus. Let's be intentional. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.